0: What's up, guys? You are on the books, or you are off the books with <laughs> and Samantha. And you are on the air and off the books with Ann and Samantha, and today we have author Misty, is it Zog? Am I pronouncing yes. that?
1: Yes, perfect. perfect. Okay.
0: okay, Misty Zog. She is with us today to talk a little bit about her and what it's like being an author. Um, we actually just read her book, Deadly Lockdown, and it, this is a three book
1: series four yeah it's a trilogy completed okay trilogy.
0: yes so we just read and finished this book i really really loved it so she it is going very edge of your seat yeah constant like things happening it was definitely like it definitely took took turns that i was not expecting agreed
1: well that's what an author loves to hear yes
0: <laughs> Okay, so do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? And also, if you want to talk about your co author at all, um, this was written by um, Misty Zog and Stephanie
1: Myel- Milkreest. Mil- yeah, Mil- Stephanie Milkreest. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'm. Uh, Misty Zog, I grew up doing a whole bunch of different things. So I think I, I love to read. I'm the kid who would sneak the flashlight under the bed. You know, this is before e-readers. Right. Yes. When we yes. actually wow. needed to see our books to read them. And uh, I would find an author I loved and I would just like check out all the books at the library. So kudos to you too library. working at the library. library. <laughs> I love libraries. They are the best invention. You know, we, yes. we had a big family, not a lot of money. So the only reason I could afford books was the library. And uh and I loved reading the bios about the authors, you know, they they're like scuba divers who was a rifle, you know, a sniper in the army and all these, you know, crazy things. So I guess I I kind of prepared for that. I I I got my MD, I have a black belt, I bake bread, I kept bees, I basically I don't clean my house, I don't organize my house, (laughs) I don't do much laundry unless I have to. So all the stuff other moms spend their time on. I was doing yeah. crazy things just because I enjoyed them. And I homeschooled my kids so that they could do the same, have the same freedoms to All do. All the fun life. as well. That's and awesome. I uh, I've always like to write. So I have some little book I wrote in kindergarten. And uh, But I'm also a practical business minded person. I'm an entrepreneur since I was little. I would sell, buy candy cheap at the grocery store and sell it at school for double that kind of stuff dang yeah and when i looked at being a writer it's totally sucked right because writers <laughs> do,
2: they really
1: three to five percent of the sale sale price on the book and give ten percent of that to their agent and so really it was kind of like being an actor you know there's these people at the top that are making huge amounts of money and then right. there's the rest of us that are all you know working a waitress job while they hope to make it big right and so But then, you know, in the last few years, the indie uh, revolution happened, you know, Amazon and their Kindle happened. And then the gatekeepers of the big, you know, trad publishers, you don't have to get your book accepted anymore. That also means you don't have to edit it and you don't have to have good grammar and you don't have to have a good cover, (laughs) but you can throw it up on Amazon and the people decide, right, if they buy it, they buy it. If they don't, then you learned that there's something missing with your product. Right. And people were able to also, uh, because we're individuals, we can shift pretty quickly. So there were a lot of readers whose needs weren't being met by the big typical um, writers and uh like post-apoc was one of those mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of post-apoc movies or there were more movies but there weren't very many books right, and right so then a whole group of us writers started writing and then the readers would snap them up and suddenly I got a bunch of money and I'm like wow I'm going to keep writing these and then that's how the uh, market starts to work so at that point I decided hey I've always wanted to write yeah now yeah. I can just write and see if someone wants to pay money for it I don't have to go through uh a big company to do that really cool. so that was about three years ago so. so
2: i have a question then so when you put your book up does it immediately go just up as an ebook, and then yeah. after so long it becomes available to be um, a book that's purchased like a hard well copy?
1: basically i had this like vision of spending 80 to 90 percent of my time writing mm-hmm. and then i would just take a little 10 percent of my time and i would do like you know the other stuff well it's more 50 yeah. 50 yeah. right okay. that's the brutal thing of it uh, so you have to do everything so that is the benefit if you yeah. go with a traditional publisher you just write and you send it in they edit it they pay for a cover designer they find the cover designer in the first place they tell them what to fix on it yeah. uh, they have like five or six editors it goes through so if you do any english you probably realize you know there's like plot editors story editors there's line editors copy editors all kinds well, of stuff and each of those people gets paid you know and depending how long all your book right. is it could be a couple thousand dollars right? Yeah. And, uh, then you have to do this all yourself. And so you can put that all up when you're finished with your story you're like, I want to post it. Well, now yeah, you have yeah. to format it. So the funny thing is my first book, I'm like, Oh, I want to format it. I'm like, I, I don't want to format it. So I got a program called Bellum that does it pretty well. But then it's like, what do you want to put in the top corner? I'm like, I don't know what goes in the top corner of a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went to my bookshelf, flipped it open. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, they're like, do you want to put the author last name and the page number and do you want to put it up here or over here? Like all these like layout decisions I had no clue about. So I just started flipping through books on my bookshelf and kind of copy those. They're like, what size do you want your book? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So all of that is involved in the paperback. The eBooks, you just have to format and yeah. have a ebook cover, which is just the front cover. To do the paperback, you're gonna have to, whoever you bought your cover from will also charge you maybe another 50 bucks to do the paperback layout. And they'll have to do the spine and not to do the back. You have to decide what's on the back what's written on the back and you basically have this long image that is like it looks like a dust cover but without the flaps and then it has to fit your book perfectly and if amazon doesn't like it they'll spit it back at you because depending Hmm. how long your book is you got to make the spine the right length right the right thickness oh okay and when you do all that that's when your paperback goes paperback goes live so it's nothing to do with how long your book's been up it's you um designing the product and uploading the correct stuff. So the ebook is easier. And most independent writers probably sell anywhere from 70 to 90% of their income comes from ebooks. So many of them will not even bother with a paperback.
2: Yeah, yeah. But there are
1: readers who are like, I don't do e-readers. I want to hold a book in my hand. Yeah, right. So you're trying when it's the first time you've done it, it's kind of a big mountain to figure out how to upload your first paperback. Once you've done it, you know, it's a few hours of extra work, but you've already written the book. You've already done the cover. You pay a little extra to your designer
2: right. and then you
1: just spend the time doing it. That's but so I know some pe- some companies and independent writers and small presses won't even bother with paperbacks. And the same goes to hardback. It's just another size. You have to do the work to come up with all the parts and audio would be the last thing and that is a whole nother kettle which I have yet to open right um, you have to pay an average of 200 to 300 dollars per finished hour of your audio book
2: because
1: so, oh you're paying a narrator so it's per finished hour so what they do is they sit down and they read your book oops they made a mistake they cut it they do it again then they edit it and then they do something called mastering which is like editing for sound, which I don't understand. I right. just know the right. word. And when it's all done, they have an hour of your book. That's the finished hour. And that might've taken them three or four hours to make. Wow. So That's they're funny. getting paid that two or 300 for probably four hours of work, but it's an hour finished product and a and hundred thousand word book, which is say three, 350 pages uh, will be about um, 10 finished hours. So you're looking at two to $3,000 that you have to plunk down, <laughs> hoping you'll make it back.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. There
1: is, there are also profit sharing. So if your book's popular enough, you will maybe find a narrator who won't charge you anything, and they'll take half the money for the next seven years off your wow. audiobook. Wow. And there are small presses popping up that are like exclusive to certain subgenres, and they will go out and find the top books in their subgenre and say, "Hey, do you want to negotiate for the audio rights for your book?" And then they won't give you very much but they will do all the work. So it's kind of a
2: we're in the wrong field. We need yeah. to start. It sounds like do a do audio
1: book of... reading.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have Yeah, so blast, narration and, and narration
1: is going independent too. So if you have a good voice and you're able to speak clearly and not make too many mistakes, you can make your own little mm-hmm. DIY sound booth with PVC pipe and heavy blankets, right? right Uh, the biggest challenge is in the recording which you would guys would know more than i do about that but you have to get it between certain (laughs) decibel levels so that amazon accepts it or audible accepts it so you could record your whole thing incorrectly enough to start over which would be sad oh Oh my gosh gosh. wow so you really got to do a chapter test it run it through see if audible would accept it make sure the ceiling and the floor of your sound all that stuff I'm basically speaking about what I don't know about. This is as much as I know about the past. <laughs> that process. is really
2: cool, though. Yeah. I no idea. And
1: you can do it yourself. So what Audible has is they have uh, the, I forgot the name of the marketplace, AFX marketplace. Anyway, through Audible, anybody can go up, you post some of your samples, you post some of the jobs you've already done once you have references, and then you can negotiate. So that's, that's the so next step nice. for me with the Deadly Lockdown okay. series is we're going to take the money we've made on it and try and pay for the whole series. But we've been attending to do that since March, and neither of us have made the time to go learn a whole new, you know. Yeah, that's quite business. a bit.
2: You're like you're you're right. You're definitely like an entrepreneur. You have like been the forerunner for your entire
1: career. Yeah, we each have to pretty much be an entire publishing house ourselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's so, insane. do you know your like? Do you, are you friends with your co-author?
1: Do you guys? How did you guys? Yeah. Oh, Steph, so Steph is like the best friend sister I never met you know or that I finally right. did meet right that yeah um, yeah she's awesome so I've never actually met her IRL mm-hmm. you know in real life right, right. Yeah. and uh, we met on uh, Facebook so I started joining some author groups because I the business side of me is like okay let's learn if this is viable I don't want to spend all this time writing and make five bucks you know right so uh, and I ran into her in the at a post-apoc women's group about uh, women writers who wrote post-apoc and mm-hmm um we just commented on a few posts together and then we were both brand new authors so we'd both been writing for like all of four or five six months i can't remember when we met and then we just started helping each other out so she was like my buddy like you two kind of seemed to be you know
0: yeah
1: uh, so as we were learning all this complicated non-writing stuff that neither of us had realized we had to learn we would help each other out i'd say oh how I'd ask her, what about Amazon ads? Have you tried those? She's like, well, I've done this and it didn't work. And, and so we were like each other's sounding boards and it yeah. was really great. I think, I don't know if either of us would still be writing if we hadn't found the other because oh, we wow. just totally motivate each other. And That's then awesome. after we'd both awesome. written our own series, um, we got a chance to get a contract with a small press, Moonic Press that uh, did our Aftermath series and they only do post-apoc. And they normally work with uh, indie authors, and so, and they pay way better than the traditional publishers do. Uh, They give you a very nice chunk of the money, Mm -hmm. and but then they do all the work so right my Steph does not like the non-writing work you know the yeah. especially the advertising and stuff have that is a lot. and pay money and figure out how to get people to find your book she just wants her book to go out there and everybody to love it and come to it understandable understand yeah, yeah which is like what we lot. all yeah. would love to have happen
2: yeah, yeah. and That's so saying,
1: just- now we're just we just are best friends. We, when we decided to do co-writing together, you know, normally you would make sure you write down expectations together and get a contract with each other in case somebody has a blow up. Right. Just because it's your business. And I was like, should we do that? She's like, well, I trust you, you know, and we just, it's like the friend I never fight with and I can always talk to and we get along amazingly. Totally. So I don't, oh, wow. that, I don't know that, I don't know that's easy to duplicate. I don't have a ton ton of friends, so she's on my list of the few good friends I've had in my life on one hand, so. That is really awesome. Yeah, so cool. So so she was in, uh, and she was in Australia, so she had this great accent, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. She's she's fancy. I love it. So we're trying to figure out how to transfer her half of the money from the series over to UAE dollars or whatever they're called over there.
2: Right. (laughs) Yeah. So So then you guys collaborated every step of the way to be able to write the book then, right? Yeah. So I think in my mind, like when I'm reading something that's co-authored, I always, for some weird reason, I always think like, okay, you're writing all the odd chapters that yeah. I'm writing all the even chapters. <laughs> yeah. And I well, that's kind of, of what we did. And,
1: and that's not actually very typical. Most co-writers they'll come up with something like, and a co-writer can be a tiny percent, you know, they could just be funding the book. Right. 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 Be the, like producer kind of thing, oh, okay, you know? so or maybe. they could be putting their name on the book because their name's more popular. Than, like imagine if JK Rowling said, Hey, would you like to co-write with me? I'd be like, you just sit back. I will write the whole book and yeah, absolutely." so So there's that kind of writing right like James Patterson and yes Patterson so a lot of the big a lot of the big guys do that they do in general like I don't know details but in general they'll keep some kind of creative control right they're going to make sure that you didn't write garbage they're going to make sure it fits with their theme or the whatever series you're writing for make sure it fits in but uh with Steph and I we actually did that um, other chapter what we did is we decided to write um both our series that we co-wrote we picked two women and she wrote one two women main characters and uh they in the beginning they weren't together and they ended end up meeting up through the series so she wrote one and i wrote the other that's
2: so cool that is cool and like it has to be almost perfect too like you said your dynamic as friends Mm -hmm. heavily influenced possibly the way that your book came together and like the events that happened Like, that is really cool. So you guys had to be in contact constantly, right? To be able to like- Yeah, we
1: Facebook message a lot. So she's younger than me with younger kids. We have a lot of things in common and then we're polar opposites about some things. Like we both homeschool, we're mostly vegetarian, vegan. Uh, We care a lot about our kids, but I'm very conservative Christian and she's very agnostic, like doesn't believe in God. And uh, I'm very conservative politically and she's very liberal. (laughs) Right, yeah. But the cool thing is, like, we're the test case to show America and the rest of the world that, hey, you know, you can awesome. respect that's each awful, other's yeah. polar opposite views and still be okay. She'll ask me about my religious stuff and I'll explain it. She's like, oh, that's yeah. really interesting. I didn't know that because she feels safe and comfortable asking me because I'm not going to unfriend her. Exactly. Right. Or are you going to blow and up? And she can tell me about her yeah. climate yeah. concerns that she's very concerned about leaving the world a better place for her kids. You know, right. and I'm more lazy about that stuff. I recycle when I remember kind of person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I can ask her stuff and she knows I respect and love her yeah. and, and her opinions because I yeah, care
2: exactly. about her as
1: a person. So that.
2: that is such a great example. And too, and it, and I feel like for like our listeners and stuff like that, it also shows them that people can accomplish things. Like if yeah. you have these dreams and these goals and these visions to do things,
1: they're doable. Yeah, it yeah. takes a little bit of work. And it's- I think all of the creative industry is turning that direction. So my daughter has loved, loved to sing since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. She has a gorgeous voice just naturally, right? And she went yeah, to a singing yeah. camp, but she still is kind of a thing she does on the side. Mm-hmm. And uh, she just ran into a friend from the singing camp who's doing the sound mastering part. And they're recording a song that she wrote, and she's going to put it up on Spotify. Right. That's awesome. I love that. That's what the creative industry is doing. The big, the big guns, the big music companies is the only way you could make it big before. But now you can go on YouTube and get a following with your singing or you know, or YouTube with your funny shorts or your animations. My son's getting an associate's in animation and he has a YouTube channel. He made a thousand bucks in December when he went viral once. You know, he's made (laughs) a hundred cents then. But you know he's making less than a hundred, ten, twenty, fifty bucks. But that thousand dollar a month, man, that gave him quite the motivation to be creative. Yeah.
2: But it's also a thing too. It's like your passion; you enjoy it, you love it, right. and you're
1: fulfilled because you do it.
2: That's yeah. really just that so cool. And I love too. It's and it really ties into our podcast. Like we just decided one day, like this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And we're gonna work together on it, and we're gonna get to do all these awesome things and talk to mm-hmm. these awesome people, and then, boom! Like yeah, live your dreams. Yeah, Go for ability. it.
1: With the right. technology now and the ability to do stuff as an individual in almost all these creative fields, like, could you even do a podcast 15 years ago? You know, nobody even knew what a podcast was. Yeah. Now I, everybody just can put an app on their phone. You guys can record your thing and pop it up. There's no company controlling yeah. it. I feel
0: like since like the last two, three years, podcasts have gone
2: really like,
0: yeah, like just everything. Like, kindle unlimited like Like ebooks and stuff like that they're so popular and i think a lot of that is because tiktok became a thing and has just like super marketed all these like these like kindle unlimited books that nobody like knows about because it's not it's not like sarah j moss it's not yeah you know a huge author and that's on
1: tiktok's on my list too yeah yes audiobooks tiktok yeah. Somewhere in there I try to write. It's, yeah. It it's so crazy.
0: Boring. And then like you, you, you like miss out on all these good books because you're just like, oh, like they're they're probably not that good because they're only like a couple books or like but I've never heard true. of them. And like some of the best books I've ever read are yes. like free Kindle Unlimited
2: books. Like or, yeah, exactly. Or like authors that you haven't heard of or things right. like that too. Like they're some of the most influential things. Yeah. And I love, like you said, that we have access to that. And that brings us back around. I think the pandemic also did like open up the doorway for us to be able to reach in and try to connect more. Yeah. And the way we could do that was virtually.
1: And that yeah. opened up all these doors for stuff. Mm-hmm. And that. And you're going to find your indie authors are totally happy to interact with their fans. Because yeah, you know, they awesome. they're sitting, I'm sitting in my bathroom. This is where I write. I have a window in front of me, you know. And so I'm typing <laughs> away at my book and they're and I'm like does anybody read this it's it good I'm not sure it's very good I think it's, it's good. good but I've read it five times now because I've been editing it and now it seems boring yes somebody goes I loved your book you're like oh really tell me more yes, <laughs> yes because and it's in our library
2: like I said like we were able to purchase it and be able to put it on our shelves for other people and yeah, awesome. I think
1: that's so important because yeah. we should do it I can't it. virtually autograph it for you yes oh yes That's so <laughs> cool <laughs> I could I may, what could, let, we should figure that out. What I could like do with a pen and send you the file you could print it on a sticker and put there's it There's got to be it. a way, oh, you know. That'd be so
2: neat. Yeah, yeah gotta there's got to be. That would
1: be so cool actually.
0: Um okay. okay, so I have I have a question, okay? Okay. What drew you to like the post-apocalyptic pandemic
1: type plot for this particular book? Oh, okay. This has a really funny history. We took a lot of flack for this because of 2020. But at the beginning, when we published the book, we clarified that we actually started writing this in, guess what? 2019. So Steph and I decided in the summer of 2019 that we were going to co-write a book together. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we started writing Deadly Lockdown. And uh, I said, well, I, I have my MD, right? I never practiced as a doctor, but I got my expensive certificate right right and I or I call my expensive initials so <laughs> expensive initial, I, like I said let's and we're trying we were brainstorming and we didn't want to do an EMP we like the EMP ones but that's like the most common if you read post-apoc lots of people do the EMP and the reason is it's a sudden thing boom and it really impacts right. society yeah. all your phones stop working
2: right your yeah. car
1: stops driving your electricity is gone and so it's an all or nothing boom right and so that makes for a really great opening whereas if it's the slow slide of the economy failing that's kind of hard to get excited about right right so I was like well let's do a virus just a really fast one and uh we explained this and then later people was like oh you're just lying you're just taking advantage of COVID so we just took that part out because we didn't want to deal with the drama and but we had finished I ended up researching the Spanish flu because this was this like they call it the forgotten flu that happened in nineteen, okay, I'm forgetting, nineteen twelve, I think. Yes. But it came through like crazy. Uh went onto some of the like Samoan islands and 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 it would kill like 30, 40, 50 percent of the population. There were like these two mm-hmm. islands, and one enacted a uh, uh, they kept the boats away immediately and nobody died. And this island, they, the government red tape took a while to stop the ships from docking and stuff and doing a quarantine. And they right. lost like 30, 40% of people. It hit every known pocket of people in the whole world and just wiped people out. Right. So we patterned it after that. Right. And then COVID happened. And we had wanted to write the three books first. So one of the business secrets of publishing books is that you want to publish kind of fast so when you get on amazon it gives you a little boost to your brand new book because they realize nobody's seen it yet so they can't leave it at the bottom of the pile with because there's no stars no views they have to give it a boost in case it's good and that boost lasts anywhere from two to four weeks so ideally you would release a book and then four to six weeks release another book and four to six weeks release another book so that they kind of keep floating each other it's like getting a, a ball to keep bouncing and here. Right, right, yeah. and uh but we at the same time we then got this contractor that uh with to work with monic and write the other six books and then COVID happened and we were like uh wow. my co-writer really doesn't want people to think that she is trying to take advantage of something as tragic as covid right Right, right exactly yeah so it's like oh we're not the money grubbers who was like oh, oh covid let's go make money off of covid and write a book right about COVID. right
2: that makes sense
1: so we basically kept it and because we've gotten that other contract we wrote the other six books for that series and when that one was done We before it was published, we finished book two and three of our trilogy and then published it. But pretty much 90% of book one was written before COVID. And then people would say, Oh, it's just all about masks and washing hands, as if COVID invented that. I'm like, Right. Spanish flu. Right. Yeah. They washed hands too. There was a mask ordinance in the town. There were, uh, there were ordinances against large gatherings. One city had a homecoming for the soldiers coming home. And another city said, no, we're going to ban that. And everybody's all upset because, you know, soldiers came home from fighting to protect us. We need to celebrate it. Well, the town that had the parade, boom, big Flu went through everybody, killed a bunch of people, the ones that quarantined. So all those words that are so common to us now, we're going to be so exciting in this book as like this strange new way of living with masks yeah. and quarantine. And we were a little too late. So.
2: man, how could like, it's a dental. Yeah. Is that's that crazy. We were just curious because we were just like, well, maybe like that was like something that, cause it's scary, you know, it's, it's definitely like take this thing and like amplify it and it's like that thrill that people like see yeah so it was going
1: to be this great thrill so then it became for people who really like the book it became uh some people wonder like how can you read about a disaster when you're live, you know viral disaster when you're living a viral disaster who wants more of that I want to go read fluffy cupcake you know stories or something but other people are like well because post-apoc is really a, a hope One, you know, the hero always wins, even though all this bad stuff happens, you dig deep for inner strength and figure out how to survive and triumph. And so for some people it's like, okay, these people were able to triumph in something similar. Maybe I can, so it's kind of like,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think you'd be surprised though, because like when all this stuff happened, like people are so drawn to like that macabre thing and Mm wanna dig deep and know more and like figure things out. Um, and so I think that a lot of that stuff, cause I did a display. <laughs> do you remember that display that I did? It was all about, i um, like the Ebola outbreak and all this other stuff oh, like, when yeah. right after, like we were able to kind of come back. Yeah. And then everyone was like, I don't know if like you should do that. I'm like, you'd be surprised how people <laughs> really flock to these things to know. And to so, like, cause it opens up this new avenue of like learning and knowledge and like oh, that yeah. scientific thing or like what's happening because you're right. Things like this have happened everywhere in varying degrees of like severity
1: and people run to those things yeah the black plague and the ebola yeah. and the spanish flu that was the forgotten flu nobody had heard about it before exactly. covid if you talked to a few people and now the the book about it there's a non-fiction book about it, it was one of the best sellers in that category yep. and You're i was right like i that. found it first Isn't i found it first <laughs> me. that's really cool
0: yeah and i don't I, so we're going to try to like not Spoil the book yeah we don't want to spoil the, but, book the people who want to pick it up yes uh which is really hard for us because we spoil books in almost every podcast we do um, yes yeah um so <laughs> yes we spoiler do. <laughs> alert maybe um no i really loved um deadly lockdown it it literally went from like a hundred to like five thousand <laughs> like instantly i was like i was not expecting the twist that it took well, it took like three or four
2: yeah. throughout the whole book and then like you end and then this i don't know
1: if
2: i i mean it's a cliffhanger yeah but yeah, it's,
1: hopefully it's enough of a cliff to make you pick a book too people yeah. say well, they yeah. hate cliffhangers but if you don't leave cliffhangers they don't turn the page right like exactly. who wants to
0: who wants a resolved ending on like, like a six series in. right book. yeah you want, you want know, to
1: resolve that. you want to so what well, i don't really like cliffs either so i try to resolve the main plot right then i leave some clips so you're like whoa wait a minute what's happening next right but you're still satisfied like you had your meal but i'm only going to give you half your dessert right you gotta like have
0: something to go into it just can't be like and everybody ever after after brownie
2: is in book two and you had two bites of it (laughs) Yeah. yeah exactly and you have to like you want to go after it. And the good thing about this series is, is you can. So if yeah. you read can, it, you can go and you can get the next one. I was like, I, it,
0: because, you know, it takes the, um, the two main characters. So like Kate and then Elisa, Elisa's story for me, I was
1: like, I was like, what? I'll <laughs> well, have to have you guess. And who do you think wrote Kate? And who do you think oh, wrote, you wrote, you wrote Kate? Okay, what's your guess, <laughs> Beth? Okay, let me think. Okay, so and I, I won't I won't answer until you guess. No, because okay.
2: <laughs> is it a trick question? This is gotta be a trick <laughs> question.
1: Okay, like this oh, is you're overthinking you're so. overthinking it, probably. I am overthinking it. <laughs> if she <laughs> knows that I know that she knows that I know. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm
2: thinking. You gotta be right, Samantha. You have to be right because the whole Okay. This is why I think that you
0: wrote Kate. Okay. Okay. okay no. I'm, listen- I, I'm
2: listening. Okay. When I through. read
0: Kate's part, it reminded me a lot of like my conservative side of the family because they're all like preppers and yes, we're going to, this is what we need to prepare for this. And so you said that those let you're a conservative Christian and those are kind of like your beliefs. And
1: that is why I think that you wrote Kate. All right. Do you want me to tell you the answer? Or are you still going to stew about it? I'm ready. Yes, I I'm wrote. Ready. I wrote Kate. Okay. Yes. I knew, it. I knew you it. know, the interesting thing, though, is Steph is just as so much a prepper as I am. So that's one place. Really. Yeah. Okay. So as, as a liberal agnostic, she is a total prepper because she also is a realist. She's like, okay, I can see what's going on around us.
0: Yeah. And anybody
1: who yeah. watches the news, I mean, preppers don't have to be preparing for a zombie apocalypse. That is right. Vicious. True it could just be that huge storm that just hit whatever coast of wherever and knocked yeah. out power and water for two weeks mm-hmm. so you know that that i'm also about being prepared i have a family like when you have kids right yeah right, i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a couple weeks of immediate to eat food and then i'm gonna have a year supply of uh you know mm-hmm. staples of of wheat and, and, and beans and stuff like that, yeah, that, we that eat on a regular mean. basis and yeah. I
2: need to rethink my. I think I'm so fantastical that I really want it. Like when it comes, like, go big or go home, a zombie apocalypse, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: like Walking Walking Dead style. Like that. So actually, <laughs> our,
1: my religion, um, <laughs> my religion encourages us to be self reliant and to have a yeah. food storage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but people have used it when they what lost their job, yeah, when yeah. there's power outage, when the water with when tornado. Whoever the tornado named after hit, or like you know, if you were in New Orleans during Katrina, right? Yeah. Wouldn't you have liked to have some five-gallon buckets full of uh, supplies and a backpack oh, for each kid? Exactly. Right. And and cash at home because no credit card machines aren't working because power's out. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah,
0: and it was very like it was very relatable reading like Kate like going through these stores and everything's yes. out of stock. It was. Because it's like every time, every time. And Indiana. I wrote that
1: before 2020. So we actually missed the toilet paper. We did not know. No, I don't think anybody predicted the toilet paper, but I predicted I because not. we live in Michigan and every time there's a storm warning. Yeah. Like, okay, like, oh, we've never had a storm ever in my whole life. Right. Wait, run to the store, buy all the bottled water and the batteries. And that's how Indiana yeah, is too. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the like, store. Here, to the I'm going to give you a hint. There's going to be storms this year. Why don't yeah. you buy some bottled water and batteries before? Yes, we're, we getting, we're
0: getting two inches of snow. We have to buy every it's single thing.
2: milk and bread. Yeah, milk oh, yes, and bread. Milk and we and always bread. like laughed. People are going to go home and make milk and bread sandwiches. What if do? you don't have anything to put on your bread? <laughs> I don't
1: wonder if people have like these big stacks of toilet paper that they never used yet. Oh my they gosh, must. No, I they mean they have
0: to. Why aren't, my thing is, why aren't you going to like... Sam's Club or Costco, like and buying like buying the, the bulk. Yeah. Then,
2: Cause it lasts us like six months.
0: Not but... like 27, like single <laughs> toilet paper, paper things, yeah, exactly.
2: yeah, and hand
1: sanitizer. Remember how that was a huge thing. And then oh, suddenly everybody gosh. had plenty. And so then there was these big like discount shelves on all the end caps at the grocery oh. store. Of yeah. They would have cart- ten brands oh. of hand sanitizer. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. And then they were making hand sanitizer out of like, um, what is it? What's it vodka and stuff? Yeah. yeah, something. I else. remember oh, some kind always... of alcohol, and it was the most like potent. Like, like if that didn't do it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't gonna like, get rid of the germs.
1: Nothing. Then nothing
2: is going to because I'm yeah. well. And I had some.
1: Ha- there were some happy coincidences. So I randomly just chose St. Louis for the city where Kate starts out in. Yeah, And then I was gonna have, I had the, the mayor was doing a lockdown. Like we have all these big cities with lots of stuff going on and nobody's right. gonna be allowed to go in or out, but she had to get out. She had to get home to her sister and stuff. Right. And so then I'm like, wait a minute, how would you lock down like a US city nowadays, right? Think of all the roads right. in and out and stuff. Yeah. Well, we had just randomly chosen that her home was to the East. And then I looked at Google Maps is amazing for this kind of stuff,
0: right? There's a
1: big old river that I didn't even know about running through on the east side of St. Louis. And I'm like, now that you could blockade. And so all of that was a happy coincidence um, that they could have, you know, the National Guard on the different bridges. And it would have been really hard to get out. They could block the freeway going north and south. And then uh, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but see now i'm doing it but it was so exciting so i just remember this day i'm on the maps i'm like i need a way for kate and her crew to get out right i'm like is there any and all the major bridges i figured there are like three or four of them they would be blocked so i zoom in on google maps and there's this little tiny line i'm like what is that and i zoom in and it says some old old something bridge and i'm like ooh. i go look that up turns out it used to be part of highway 60 something and I was like I wonder if a car could get across it and it turns out that they open it once a year for this car parade of old cars to go across in Uh, commemoration of the highway uh, something whatever but normally it's blocked and it's just a walking bridge and I'm like perfect so that whole section of the of the towards the end of book one that was a happy coincidence of google maps so anybody out there who's aspiring to write you know in an area that's real life you know not fantasy land right um, google maps google Google
2: Maps. maps and that's another thing too is so interesting is because you do have to do a lot of research and know because like when the pandemic hit i was kind of blindsided about it because i didn't i mean with all honesty i didn't think like something like that would
1: really go down the way that it did
2: yeah Yeah, nobody thought they would
1: actually lock down like quarantine like we're america we have medicine for that
2: yeah like and also too though it just shows like like the i didn't i don't know if it was my naivety or something like that with all that but i didn't anticipate those things but you did like you really honestly i mean you literally wrote a book about (laughs) something that instantly boom happened and it's just like there and like you had to like go through and you had to do research like you said on the Spanish flu and you had to know your history and you had to know like the procedures and yeah. stuff like that and then you went to Google Maps so being a writer yeah it's making up the story and it's putting it down and hoping people enjoy it but it's also like knowing your world knowing your mm. environment like studying and learning and it's growing and yeah. it's so interesting because it's so dynamic That's half the
1: fun. I mean, you have to really love that stuff if you want to write. So one is like the world that you create and understand, and the plot. And then you have to create characters that are real enough. Like you can't have a hero that's perfectly good or a villain that's perfectly bad. Right. Right. You want to basically pick your main characters. They're going to have flaws and they're going to have some good and bad, and you know, come out as a hero in the end, but only after getting over a bunch of severe hangups but you're trying to basically whatever readers are out there they're going to be reading your book you want to put them in your book you know right. with all of their complexities
2: yeah, can, and the like better them.
1: you can make them like the reader the better yeah. the reader's going to love it because they can see themselves they're like oh you know i had depression and it was hard for me to get up and i can't right. imagine if i had a virus what i would be you know a viral plague yeah. how i would handle that but but we like to also think that we would triumph you know we think that yeah. if it were this bad I would be one of those good guys out there, you know, saving right. people and, you know, purifying my water and handing it out to thirsty children, you know. It's so, awesome. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. Well, so interesting. Um, so writing with a co-writer, one of the things I loved about it. So normally when I write a book, I sit down, I outline it and basically everything in there, all those characters had to come from my head and I'm only one person. So right. obviously they're going to, be slanted a little towards me as a person. And I'm trying to make up a bad person that kills people, which I don't do. And I'm trying to make up, you know, all these people right. that aren't me. And I don't have any um, feedback. So by the time I finish writing, I will have written a couple hundred thousand words and I really don't have a clue if it's any good. And I just invested, you know, three months of work. Say, yeah, how does that feel? It is. It is hard to do. You really have to be a bit confident and arrogant and a little cocky. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> you, Otherwise you just quit because you, and, and a lot of authors have that issue. They're like, Oh, I just quit halfway through. Cause it's just trash. I'm like, who told you it was trash. Well, I just know it is. I'm like, did I you think, let anybody read uh, it? No. Yeah. No. Sure. yeah. Because they're afraid they don't want anybody to read it in case they do say it's trash. Well, you're very, I'd you're say, told. well, why do you think it's trash so I can fix that? So All if right. you're just willing to take a, um feedback and improve because it's like anything you know i'm sure your first podcasts weren't as good as your later podcasts right A few things. so just keep writing and you'll get better and then just put it out there to readers even though it makes you feel very insecure and worried right. and then take what they say they're like yeah your one character was horrible and i was like okay why was he horrible right uh-huh. well because he was so cliche and like a cardboard cut okay so you would have liked to see more of this and this and suddenly you're in this dialogue to figure out what you can improve you can oh but that. back to a co-writing so uh-huh. what we did is we sat down and brainstormed like the outline for the whole book so uh-huh. chapter one through chapter whatever and of course we write too long so most a lot of our chapters would have to get cut in half and become two chapters and uh but it was really we had to outline it because we're working together but it came into this great routine is I would write my chapter for the day based on the outline then, or actually I would start the day by reading what she wrote yesterday okay. and I would put my stuff in and we're really, since we're such good friends, we're, we can be brutally honest, but we're also very encouraging. So I'll be like, oh, I totally laughed out loud here or oh, this is really tense. This is getting good. Okay. Or, hey, wait a minute. I thought he we were doing this. You know, was doing this and you forgot this or in the fight scenes i'd be like um no actually you'd have to get a little closer to be able to use your knife or whatever right Right. so and then she's really good at i don't describe much like if i were to write a preferential book it would all be actions and emotions and what's going on but do they have red hair blue hair what are they wearing right she didn't tell you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> My daughter complains happening. about that. She's like, "Mom, I want to envision these guys in the book, and what colors their hair? What colors their eye? How tall are they?" I'm like, "But well, they're just there, and but yeah, you know it's happening." Yeah, so
2: whoever Whatever, you play, who they are as people, yeah. but
1: you can't. And I was like, "Well, actually, that's up to you. You can just visualize them how you want." So Steph would catch me on those and see, like, "Hey, here's a good spot to put a little description of your character." That's really. <laughs> and awesome. so that ended up being so awesome every day. I, she I would read the edits that she did online, then I would edit hers, and then I would write mine and then they would go back and forth like that every day. And it was so cool because it's basically like you're getting an audience to read your chapter as you yeah. write. It. And that helps you. audience of one, but she's a great audience. So
0: Ooh, yes. So I
1: highly recommend if you have a bestie that likes to would like to write, that's a great way to start out because it's easy to get discouraged. We're write a book together. <laughs> Imagine if you did your podcast by yourself. How long would you have kept doing it? You know,
2: oh, zero days. No yeah, you're <laughs> exactly. right. There's no way because the banter is the fun part. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like uh-huh. that's what helps us go keep going and like helps us find our rhythm and because uh-huh, exactly. we to feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Oh,
1: you're right that's so interesting okay yes so it still encourages me so i'm doing another project where i have decided to try doing the web serial route where i'm posting like a chapter a few chapters every week up on a, a website called royal road because i'm doing a different genre um it's fantasy lit rpg academy it's like it's like harry potter if you gamified harry potter like he had to get this many points to level up his spell kind of thing oh, okay yeah and so this is really big on Royal Road. And I've, it's only been up a couple of weeks and suddenly I got on their rising stars list and it's taking off like crazy. And then people are donating money over on Patreon to support my story so that I keep writing and it's doing really well, you know, knock That's on wood awesome. for two weeks. Yeah. And who do I tell, right? You know, you tell your friend, guess what? I'm on Royal Road and I got three new Patreons paying $10 a month for my book. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. That's great, Misty. (laughs) I don't know what you just said, and I heard $10. I don't know why you're so excited about $10. I tell staff, and she's like, Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy for you, you know? Yeah. So that's also fun to have a bestie who understands, you know, that you can go. Brag to, and they're not feeling threatened, they're just excited on your behalf, exactly. right? And when she posts her new books up, I'm like, Oh, it was so good! and let me write a yeah. review, or or you know, let me send it to my newsletter so they can all see it, stuff like that. that is so, yes. cool. so, we
0: are going to be, um, to anybody who's listening, not right now because we're not live, but you will be <laughs> listening,
2: you will be for so sure.
0: Uh, yes, so um you guys we're gonna be ordering um deadly lockdown series now that it is available as and a book yes yes um we do have combat genesis yes in the library um so yes anybody who loves action um post-apocalyptic type material come in grab the books read them yes read them come in Check them out we we should try to get
1: them on um oh and if you didn't realize yeah. so reviews make a huge difference on indie books because like tells amazon that you like it and then amazon will start showing it to more people right okay. uh, nice. and get it more visibility so and you don't have to leave a review you can just leave a star rating if you right. read in the app i don't think okay. you can do it on the computer And so, if you end up liking it just in general for all of the indie readers' books that you read, if you just take a moment and say, You know, this kept me up all night, it was great, I recommend it for this reason. One line, click a, you know, multiple stars, maybe five, and uh, (laughs) it, it makes a big difference. And you don't actually have to have bought the book on Amazon to review. I think you do have to have spent $50 on Amazon any given month or something to be allowed to review. There's some amount of spending. This keeps people from making up a bunch of uh, fake oh, accounts yeah. to like artificially cheat the system. Right. And that makes sense. Them. So that's a
2: good tip then. So if you guys go online and you guys venture out and find some indie authors, um, this is your- I mean, This is what you can do back for them. This is how you can encourage them. They would be love it. Love, this love, is the support dad. that you should give people absolutely. Seek them out on Facebook, your social media, on Amazon, things like that, um, and go try
1: something new. Like yeah, always because mm-hmm. it's gonna be. Worth I think it. Kindle Unlimited is the greatest. I mean, it's like ten bucks a month. You can right. even get a sale. Both uh, had it. Friday, <laughs> yeah, or yes. you buy six months for half off or thirty percent off or something. Yes, and, and then just go explore. It. It was because it, it might've been like low quality type of books back when there weren't very many, but now there is so many, there's millions of them that the, the cream floats to the top. There are excellent books in yes, any.
2: Yes, we agree with you. You read way, well, you're a lot faster reader. We all know that, <laughs> that I am the slowest reader. Ever. Well, you and
1: for anybody that's curious, so like when you buy my book, if I, I get, you know, 70% of what you make, if it's over 299, the cheaper books, you get 30%. of the money. But when you check it out on Kindle, that counts as a sale for my ranking. So the ranking of my book will move up just by you checking it out. And then the way they pay you for the Kindle, the author gets paid when you flip a page so if you read half the book they get paid it's a little less than it's a little over four cents or 0.04 cents per page so oh wow wow if there's a if there's three or four hundred pages you might get about as much as you would for selling it for say three bucks or so so the longer books you'll actually get paid more because they have more pages yeah right your price would actually bring in it depends. You learned so, so much today. That is so cool. now you know that that by you checking out, you're not cheating the authors of money. What happens yeah. is everybody who pays their 10 bucks a month goes into a pool. Amazon takes their big handful out. And then the rest gets divided out by how many pages were read that month. Hmm. Huh. So all the authors whose pages were read.
0: That is so, really cool. Yeah,
1: that is cool. So the actual amount that gets paid changes every month, depending on how many new subscribers there are and how many pages got read. So I'm sure there's some people who pay for it and don't use it for a whole month. And some people who read a whole bunch for that month. And so the, the, your yeah, yeah. page read price will just fluctuate a little. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Huh. You
2: contribute a lot, then. Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> I do. I contribute <laughs> up all the money to everybody. He's just draining yeah. it away. Pages, pages.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. OK, so once again, you need to go check out Misty Zog yes. and Stephanie
1: Millcreast yes correct okay yes Woo! we <laughs> yes. both wrote together and we both have our own series so pretty much just type our name in on amazon and go to our author page you can see everything there
2: yes or come into the library and pick the book oh yeah yes
0: and thank you for joining yes, us for you our so podcast
2: nice. well thanks for awesome. having me it really it's great
1: it's very flattering you're like oh i'm famous <laughs> to <talk> to me.
2: <laughs>
1: we feel like we're, famous. We're <laughs> yeah. like we're
2: talking to an author but it's so cool we're so excited
1: we were so yes. nervous i was like
2: oh god <laughs> like, what if we mess it up like what well if- you know you could you could mess up the
0: intro like i did you know oh no <laughs> we yeah, mess welcome up to on the books on on the books, off on, the the books. books off on the books on the, the, you know, the books you know it's it's fine you know i mean
2: and we're gonna send you a treat bag too so expect that in a couple weeks Oh, that's hopefully so kind. we hope you like it <laughs> oh, hopefully oh, awesome. the mail doesn't take five billion years. years to get it to you so yes
0: so you awesome. guys, um, we're join us next week. We're going to be talking about um, Final Gambit, yes, a third book in our series that we have been reading, and um, we will see you guys next week. And we hope you have a great day. And thank you again, Misty, for joining yeah, us. Thanks,
1: thanks for having me. It was great. Yes,
0: thank you. Awesome.